don't worry about making money. Help these people and the money will come. Serve your clients and success will follow. He said that and I was like, shit, (laughs) that's like a moment, you know? Like what a revelation and he was absolutely right. Absolutely right. Welcome to Personal Injury Mastermind. I'm your host, Chris Dreyer, founder and CEO of Rankings.io, the preeminent personal injury marketing agency. Each week you get insights and wisdom from some of the best in the industry. Before we get started, hit that follow button so that you never miss an episode. Ready to dominate your market? Let's go. To build a firm on referrals and reputation, put the client at the center of every decision. Alex Lamontes is laser focused on service over profit. I don't care if your case is worth $1,000 or a million dollars, you will get the same service here from day one. For Alex, this means that lawyers are the first to talk to potential clients. His clients have become raving fans who refer their loved ones to Alex's firm, Herschel Montes. But this success didn't happen overnight, and it wasn't easy. In 2011, Alex started working with Bill Hurst. And by 2019, Alex was ready to take over the reins. 2019 was the hardest year financially of my life. Alex dug deep, put one foot in front of the other, and kept moving forward. Today, he offers a candid conversation revealing the financial steps he took to get his newly acquired firm to succeed, how to build a base of raising fans through excellent client service, and why every firm should tap into peer trust marketing. Here's Alex Lamontes, managing partner at Hearst Lamontes. I went to a small school in Southern Indiana, small private school, and I I played football there. I started playing football when I was seven. Freshman year, I blew out my knee. And then junior year uh, at Hanover, I realized I just wasn't the same and I couldn't, I couldn't play the way I used to play. I decided to go to Washington, D.C. There was a program where they sent people. It's called the Washington Center. And so they would send us there. We'd take a class and then we'd do an internship. And I did an internship with the Office of the Corporation Council for the district of, for Washington, D.C. And I got to work hand in hand with a guy named, I'll never forget him. His name's Bob DeBerdinas. Great lawyer, great trial lawyer. I saw my first trial and it was um, an excessive force case and we were defending the district. Ended up winning that case. And I just remember like watching everything go down in the courtroom back in the gallery. And I was like, this is so cool. He had the plaintiff doing roundhouse kicks in front of the jury. Like, There was so much going on and I loved it. And it's funny because when I first started that internship, there was some other lawyers that had been there for a while and they were like, well, asking me questions like, well, you know what discovery is, right? And I was like, "Uh, no, (laughs) like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, you know? So I literally had no experience in the legal field. I'm first generation lawyer in my family. I'm first generation Cuban American. My, my family, they're Cuban immigrants. I saw that trial and I was like, this is just so cool. And, um, really kind of ignited that flame. You know, when I was in school, I'd always wanted to be a social worker. I love helping people. That's why I do what I do. You know, that's my main uh, driving force. And so I actually took a year off based on advice from lawyers uh, between undergrad and grad school and, and law school. And I was a social worker for a year. And that was pretty wild. You know, I was 22 years old teaching parenting classes. And these people are looking at me like, what the hell do you know? You don't know anything. You don't have any kids, you know, and you know, you got kids, you know, you have a child now. And I mean, I've got four of them and it's a, it's a game changer. It is a game changer. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that motivated me really to, to start going, exploring law schools. And, and it gave me, I had that year cushion where I could take the LSAT and I really got ready to go. And uh, yeah, and then I, I was accepted to my very, uh, my number one choice law school, which was downtown Indianapolis, IU, IU McKinney School of Law is what it is now, but it was IU Indianapolis back then. You know, a lot of times when I talk to attorneys, many of them have a background in sports. Did you feel some of that when you saw that first trial? Without a doubt. I mean, I saw it. That's what got me excited about it. You know, yeah. you're right. A lot of, tri especially trial lawyers. They have some sort of sports competitive background because it is competitive and it's adversarial. The process is, you know, and you have to want to win. I think sports played a big role in our, in our football team. I will. I don't know if any of my high school buddies will be listening to this, but and they know we were not very good. And, and mostly because in high school, at least mostly because we had 22 guys on the team. Eight of us played both ways. And that sounds so, like my yeah. high school. Yeah, it was it was nuts, man. And so like by the third quarter, we were gassed. We were done. That last year, my senior year in high school, more than anything in playing sports taught me how to lose because we got our asses handed to us a lot and how to do it graciously, you know, and how to learn from it. You took that discipline and, and it, it allowed you to pursue and train and, and get the college opportunity, right? You had that bad injury. So you got through law school. Take me through kind of Kind of give me like the fast track to where now to Hearst Lamontes. Kind of give me those sure. before that and kind of your journey of, of joining forces with Bill. Sure. It was funny when I was in law school, I told myself, Alex, you're never going to be a trial lawyer and you're never going to do criminal defense. And my first job was at the public defender agency as a public defender. I took all these like international commercial arbitration classes. I did a summer in Europe. I was going to be this hot shot international business lawyer. And I realized, you know, quickly that that market was really tough to get into. I knew I wanted to stay here in Indy. And frankly, I just kind of got a job offer. And, and I was, man, I was $175,000 in student loan debt because I had to pay out of state tuition. And it was, I was a walking mortgage as a public defender making like 40 something thousand dollars a year, you know? So when I started there, I tried my first case two weeks after I became a lawyer. It was like a duck to water. I was naturally drawn to it. I loved doing it. I loved being in the courtroom. I loved talking to judges and lawyers and arguing my points and witnesses, you know, and, and jurors, you know, it was just something that just kind of came naturally to me. And so I, I tried my first case and then I tried a bunch after that, as you can imagine, as a public defender. When I moved up in the public defender agency, uh, you start like at the misdemeanors level and, and it's a misdemeanor public defender in Indianapolis. I, and, you know, this was years ago. We would see like 70 people a day. It was a factor. Wow. Yeah. And so you start misdemeanor. I moved up to domestic violence and felony court. And then I got to work with a great, fantastic lawyer named Jane Rum, who's a fantastic defense attorney. She was in the major felony division. And I was working with her on a child molest case. And we did it. Um, we took a, a statement from our client. That day, I went into the chief public defender's office and I gave my resignation because I knew that I couldn't do the best job as this person's lawyer 
because I just was not capable of representing him. And I didn't have any kids at the time, nieces and nephews for sure. I knew that I wasn't going to be the best version of myself as a litigator and a trial lawyer if I was put in this position to represent these people. And frankly, it's not, I couldn't pick my clients. I was a public defender. I, I handed my resignation and they immediately, they offered me a contract to do chins work. Chins work here in Indiana is basically a child in need of services. So if a child is removed by DCS, uh, you know, and then we try to reunify the family, it's crazy because it's the same thing I did as a social worker. I was doing that. I was basically a glorified social worker with a law degree. And so I did that for a, about a year. I started my own practice. I was 28, uh, did criminal work, family law, just kind of piecemealed what I could, you know, and my ability to speak Spanish helped. And I was, you know, that, oh, that's always helped me. Uh, I did that and, and I was at a mediation for a termination of parental rights case. And it was such a sad, sad case, man, because it was like my client was the dad and um, he uh, was a Hispanic fellow and he essentially had a one night stand with a drug addict at a bar. He didn't even know that it was his baby. He didn't even know that she had a baby. The baby was born with meth in their system. Okay. And it was, you know, really sad. And so uh, there was a foster family. They wanted to adopt her and we had to go through the termination process. And the dad was like crying and everything. And I'm like crying with them. And it's just a big mess. And then Bill Hurst calls me out of the blue that day. I step out of the mediation to answer the call. And he, and, and Bill, you know, he's very direct. He basically just said to me, he's like, Hey, do you, want to come and interview with me because I'm looking for someone to work with me. It was just the right moment. You know, I was like, yes, absolutely. I just don't think that I can do this and do these, these other types of cases. And so I, I went in there, talked to him. And, and, and another thing I, I did forget to mention was I was a law clerk with Bill. Got it. So when I was in law school, I clerked there. Bill helped me get my public defender job. He told me, he was like, gotta go try cases, learn how to try cases. Okay. And then if you want to come back here, you know, later on, maybe we can revisit. And I did, you know, I did that. I was out, I was gone for four, four years before he called me back. And then I came back, that was in 2011. I came back, started working with him, you know, really just kind of took off. We did a lot in the Spanish market. I started with small cases, like four or $5,000 trip and fall cases, you know, because that's kind of how you, you get your, your, you dip your toe in the water, you know, and, um, worked, uh, worked my way up, got my first seven figure case in three years after that drunk driver, uh, almost killed a guy, my client. So, and then 2015, 16 and 17, we had, had three cases that we resolved for $24 million wow. total. In 2018, I, I told Bill, I said, Hey, you know, I mean, he, he was getting older and, and, you know, I, I can't imagine that he wanted to do it forever, which I was wrong about that. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I told Bill, I was like, Hey, I want to take over this firm. I bought it from him 2019. That was tough. Yeah. 2019 was the hardest year financially of my life. Well, you're thrown to the gauntlet. Like, let, let's talk about that because not a lot of people talk about that. You worked your way up the ladder and, and you essentially had a job, but now, hey, now you're the owner. Talk about, you know, the financing. Talk about some of those initial pains that you, that maybe you weren't accustomed to and like some of those pains that you had 
at that point? Yeah, I mean, I would say that my first concern, and you see, I think that's where I made a mistake was because I was so focused on the leads. I was like, we got to get cases in, we got to get cases in. But we were sitting on, we had a pile of, you know? And so that was, that was really my primary focus. I was fortunate because I inherited a bookkeeper who was very, very good at her job and very strict and very by the book and very trustworthy. She, since then, she, she, she was older, so she retired, you know, and I, I've got someone else that's amazing as well. So the finances, particularly in this industry were a struggle. And I think they continue to be a struggle for me because it's so, it's such a roller coaster. You don't know when that next big case is coming in. And you don't, it, these cases, some of them could take a year to resolve. Some of them could take three, four years. When, when I purchased the firm, I had the cases, but they take a while to materialize. And I didn't have that base, you know, to start with. And so that was my own capital, my own money that I had put into it. You know, that first year, if you look at my taxes, it's not, there's nothing there the bookkeeper called me and they were like asking me about, you know, turning in my taxes and stuff. And they were like, is this right? And I was like, yeah, it is. Okay. <laughs> I had to buy the law firm that year. So, you know, it was, it was a tough year. It's scary. You know, they say about that, that businesses, you know, usually die out in the first six months. And I felt it at that six month mark. Fortunately, my wife is great. She's very supportive. And she had a, a lot of faith in me. I've got kids and uh, you know, finding Dory, right? Just keep swimming. She says that just, yeah, that's me. I'm like, just keep going, just keep going and move forward. That was just the mindset that I had. And I had, there was a lot of growing pains. There was a lot of learning. I inherited CRM software from the nineties and accounting software from the nineties. You know, it looked like an old DOS shell program. Since then, we've made a lot of changes. We had an old hard serve, hardline server. Like in the in the building? Yes, in, in our office. That was loud as hell with the fans going and everything, you know, all of that stuff. And I mean, that's just kind of the way that it was, you know. And to, to jump in there, Bill was actually on the forefront of digital. Like he actually embraced it, ranked really well in indie the server, I mean, that's what you used to have to do. And I think I yeah. think we mentioned it was Needles, the CRM. That was like one of the main CRMs for the PI space. I think they've they've modified and made some adjustments now. But back then, that's what everyone used. I think I was talking to White's Luxembourg. I think they were using Needles back in the day. And Bill Bill's great, and but he he had a system. He's been practicing law for for fifty years, you know, um, and, and he had his way of doing things and. I just, my thought was, there's so much technology out there. There's so many opportunities out there. And we, you were right. We were one of the first digital marketers here in Indianapolis. You know, we were, I'm talking about like back in the circle of legal trust days. I don't know if you remember those guys. What's but. funny is I think right when you, I was a member, jeez, that was like 2016. I was a member mm -hmm. and I briefly joined those guys. Yeah. And uh, yeah. 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 And, and I mean, those guys, you know, that's how we, we got to work with you. I loved listening to them on your show. I text Matt Dolman every once in a while just to talk to him and get advice because the man is a genius. We went out to Vegas and we did a, a, a seminar there. We talked a lot about digital marketing and stuff. And I have the same mindset that you do, that content is king. Okay. I, I think that that still resonates today. Okay. Even though 
you know, some of the long form content can be shortened, but uh, we were very big on content. We still have a ton of content on the site. And that's why we were able to, to do well. And the content was written by lawyers, which is, which is really, I think, very important. Yeah, that shines for us for the, the, the expertise, the experience, the, you know, authoritativeness and trustworthiness, that, that key component that Google's looking at that actually, you know, that, that's where chat GPT kind of fails sometimes. Some of the legalese is incorrect. And uh, I know that it's improving on the fourth version and, and based upon the prompts that you enter. But, but yeah, you're ahead of the game there for sure. We were marketing from a digital perspective well before a lot of these other players came in. But, you know, and I hear you talk about it on your show, you know, it's saturated and especially this market. It's so easy to, to get a website, put it up and do a ton of social media and, and do it affordably if you have the time, especially as a young lawyer or a startup and really drum up business that way and, and drive business, you know. When a firm changes ownership, it's not uncommon for cash flow to change or to become unpredictable. Alex explains how he worked to solve the problem of inconsistent cash flow. So I like to have a diversified approach. The war chest is there, but it's not all in one big pile. You know what I mean? So I've got a line of credit that I don't draw from, but that first year, you better believe that I was drawn from it all the time. I remember after that was 2019 and 2020, I settled the case and made about, I think it was a three or $400,000 fee in, in January of 2020. And I was like, thank God I'm paying off the line of credit. I haven't touched that since then, but that's, you got to have something like that. I've got that. The great thing about a lot of these systems and, you know, third-party companies and people that you can use, you can pay them via credit card. And so we do a lot. It, it was it was crazy. We used to I used to sit down and sign like thirty checks, man, every day. That was like my job. It's like time to sign checks, you know. So I'd sit down and sign all these checks, and that's gone down because now we're paying a lot of these vendors, you know, via credit card. And then you know that obviously is something that you know we try to get points and benefits and stuff from that, you know. And it's automated and it makes it faster. Uh, and then you know I like to have in the operating account, you know, several months worth of expenses. Um, and then, and then I've also got an account where I save money for cases that require a lot of litigation expenses, Smart, you know? And so, because some of these cases, you never know. I mean, I, I've got a case right now where we may end up filing against a major auto manufacturer where a baby was killed. Got another case against a major pharmaceutical company here in town. I mean, those, those companies, they've got more money than anyone. And they know that if you don't have the resources to back it up and to really get into that long fight with them, that you're going to fold early and you're going to settle your case for nothing, you know, and try to convince the client, you know? And so I, like I said, I, I've got a diversified approach and I try to make sure that we are in a position to be able to fight and support our clients and to support my staff. Going back to 2019, I mean, the one thing I know that I did, I made payroll and I gave bonuses. Fantastic. For sure. And that was like my, I was like, I got to keep all these people here and uh, they rely on me. You know, that's the shift. That's the one shift that was uh, for me at first difficult. Understanding that, you know, now I've got, I've got my family home that, that rely on me, but now I've got this work family that looks to me and relies on me to make sure that they 
are getting the tools that they need and the resources they need to support their families. Yeah, and as, as entrepreneurs and owners, uh, they, you, you spend a tremendous amount of time with these individuals. And, and when your back's against the wall, the loyalty increases when you're taking care of them. I was checking out the website and I noticed you had peer testimonials. And that's a bit different. Being a litigating firm that you are, I haven't seen that. And I think it's super smart. It's like, hey, not only is the consumer saying how good this firm is, here are other attorneys saying this firm mm-hmm. is good. Have you have you had your consumers talk about that? Have they mentioned these peer refer, peer uh, testimonials? Yeah, yeah. And it's funny you said that. I'm actually ramping up those efforts. I'm getting videos now from lawyers that have referred me cases. And that'll be the next step. The website is actually undergoing. We're, we're changing our domain name to HearstLamontes.com. It was BillHurst.com for a while. And that's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. And then we're going to be doing a lot of upgrading on, on the video end. And, and I think that you work with a lot of lawyers. You know lawyers. I'm a lawyer. I know lawyers. And, and really, the best lawyer is the one that is recommended to you by another lawyer. People, you know, just lay people uh, have that same general understanding. And I've had people say to me, you know, so-and-so told me to call you. I've inherited cases from those big advertising firms. I mean, God bless them. They do what they, that's how they do their work, you know, and they dump a bunch of money into advertising. But I mean, we just had one the other day, the client fired the firm because the the firm wanted them to settle for like $15,000 and we got them 60 grand. So because we, we fight, you know what I mean? And, and we don't, you know, sometimes we don't settle these cases until four weeks before trial. Because I know that that's how I'm going to get the maximum value from the client for the client, you know? One thing that's resonated so clear to me recently is I heard this on like the productized pre-lit firm that, that doesn't try any cases versus the trial firm is the productized is solving for the average, not that individual, very customer, very widget, right? They're going to look, yeah. this is what that case is worth. Right. They're comparing it to the average versus you, the trial, you're getting maximum compensation for the individual, the client. And I think that distinction, I think it's lost. A lot of times you hear the pre-lit firm talking about client service and things, but it's kind of a, a little misleading. <laughs> and, and look, there are some great pre-lit firms. Absolutely. But I, I, I just wanted to make that distinction that, yeah, the product is typically solving for the average where you're solving for the individual. Clients matter. That's really what matters. The people that we that we help, because the, the fact is, you know, I'll get a call from a Chicago lawyer who's trying to settle a, a, a small run of the mill case, you know, and that he's got an offer for about 15 grand. But he knows that it's probably worth closer to twenty five or thirty thousand dollars. And so calls me and we file it and then we go get that for the client. And, you know, and that's a small case, but that's okay. Cause I don't hate on the size of the case, you know, any case, if it's a big deal to the client, then it's a big deal to us, you know, regardless of the amount of money, because I understand that helping that person, even with their case, that's worth three or $4,000. I understand that that person will become my best advertiser, my best marketer. And they'll sing my praises because they probably had to go to three or four other pre-lit big business firms before they found us. Someone that was willing to go to bat for them and fight regardless of the size of the case. And I tell everyone, all my new clients, I don't care if your case is worth 
$1,000 or a million dollars, you will get the same service here. From day one, the moment they call, we get the, the phone call, we do a quick intake and they are immediately sent to a lawyer. Every new call talks to a lawyer, unless it's someone that's like, I got a, I need a divorce or something. Then we refer them out to our partners, you know, and, and usually that first lawyer that talks to them, that's not like an intake lawyer. Those are trial lawyers and they are there from the beginning to the end. It is, I, it's an old school approach, but I love it. And I like it because it's a personal touch to the client. It's the same person. It's not, you know, I think you had Joey Coleman on. Yeah. Yeah, never lose a customer. Yeah, I love that analogy about, you know, you're courting someone and then you're like, hey, here's Bob, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I love that so too. yeah, it's, it's awesome, right? Like, and it's so true. I don't want people to feel like that. For, for them, the, the reality is, man, is we're, it's apples to oranges. I'm getting a money for an injury or a death, you know? It's a poor substitute, but it's the only substitute we have. And so most of my clients... It's not a, the amount of money. It's not about the amount. It's about being done with this and feeling validated and feeling listened to, okay, and supported. And for them, that experience, that's why they keep coming back to us or tell their friend, you know, because they know that our firm is going to be there from them from day one. I mean, even if we got to go fight bills and Medicaid liens and, and all this, everything, you know, we do it all. We guarantee every one of our clients gets the same guarantee. If we settle your case, because when you go to trial, all bets are off because you don't know what a jury is going to do, right? If we settle your case, the attorney fee will never exceed what you get in your pocket, period. The end. It's been that way from day one. And I'm never going to let that go. And we don't have sliding scale attorney fees either. We charge a third. If we go to trial, we charge a third. If we appeal the case, we charge a third. We don't charge 35, 40% because the risk does go up, you know? And the reason that was something that we did that we've been doing for years. And I, I want I want to keep it going because frankly, a third is more than enough. It is, you know, I understand that there's a lot of effort and work that goes into this. I've spent countless weekends getting ready, nights, getting ready for trial. I had a Supreme Court argument uh, years back, and and I mean, I killed myself doing that. And so, um, you know, it, it is. It's a lot of work. But at the end of the day, you, you, if you do it for the client, you're doing it for the right reason. That's one of the first things Bill told me. When I first started working there with him in 2011, he said, because I was so worried about making money, you know because I just had my own practice and, and it was kind of, you know, piecemealing family law, criminal law. And so he told me, he was like, Alex, don't worry about making money, help these people and the money will come. He said that. And I was like, shit, like, that's like a moment, you know, like what a revelation. And, and so, and it is, he's true. It's true. He was absolutely right. Absolutely. That's the the go giver type, you know, give without expecting anything in return. But yeah. those that who give often receive the lion's share of the return. Asking for those reviews and those referrals and those testimonials—that's a piece of cake. It's not this like thorn in your side, like oh, I got to ask these people. No, they're happy. It's an easy conversation. The reviews, those are those. They're so big. We've got a pretty good review profile. We've got over a hundred reviews. We had someone change one. They they. 
there was an old client. They gave us a five-star review. Then they went to go talk to their new doctor who gave them another opinion. And then they changed their review three years after. Wow. We settled three years. And then that we had a 5.0 rating, took us down to 4.9. We did, I even did like, I called her, talked to her, tried to, I even thought about doing the old John Morgan showing up with a fruit basket, you know, <laughs> in our house. <laughs> you talk about it on your show. You can't, not everyone's going to be happy. Sometimes people call and they're like, can you do this? And like, we can't really take this case, you know? And they, they may have never even been a client, but they give you that one star review. Yeah. You know? And the one thing, I don't know if people are still doing this, but we used to get the people that would like canvas businesses to try to increase their Google rating or something. So they, they would dump like 20, 30 reviews on businesses in an area within a day. They're, they're still doing that. It, it's, it's a, it's a plague of, you know, you get a, a, a competitor or something, then they'll go drop one star reviews on everybody else to lift them. Yeah, you know, the, for those listening, file a report to to Google support. We just had one literally yesterday that was taken down. It was like, they're, they're not a client. They're not in this location. They, they go look at all their, what they do is they investigate all the other reviews they're leaving and they can tell it's, it's spam and they'll remove it. Yep. The challenge is you get somebody from the location they don't do a bunch of reviews and they don't say anything. Those are the hardest ones to get removed. If they just do a one star and they don't say anything, sometimes those are a nightmare. Yeah. And that's what I had that one client that, that came back three years after the fact. She removed what she said and put one star and it doesn't say anything. And we have, you know, Google. I mean, that's like trying to pick up the phone and call God, right? Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, it is sometimes. I mean, those reviews. And that's really one of our bigger uh, driving. Uh, uh, forces, you know, as far as marketing and advertising, um, people want to hear what other people have to say. That's the first thing I do. I mean, you talk about it on your show. When I'm on Amazon, I'm a, I'm an Amazonaholic. I love Amazon. And my brother would kill me because he's works in retail. <laughs> he's a mall manager, but uh, and and I look at the reviews, right? Yeah, and what you, you know? and you probably sort. Let me read the one stars. Let's see what the one stars. Because what I'll do is I'll read the one stars. I'm like, that's a okay point. For why he left a one star, but it's not applicable to me. Okay. Versus the, right. this guy treated me like crap or this product exploded, you know? Yeah. Um, Alex, this, this has been fantastic. Yeah. You're going to have to come on the show again. Where can those uh, who want to connect with you, what's the best uh, way to reach you? Sure. Well, you can go to the website. Uh, we are now, I mentioned we're going to change the domain name to hearstlamontez.com. You can give us a call, 317-636-0808. I love talking shop. I love talking um, business and marketing. But more importantly, I love talking about the law. I, I love looking at a situation and trying to figure out what happened. Um, and I'm, I'm frankly, I'm really good at it. I'm really good at car crashes, especially those. Uh, and so people will call me, you know, people that have been doing this for years will call me and, and say, you know, ask me a question, you know, so call the office, find us online. We've got, we've got a pretty heavy social media pr uh, presence. We, we're the daily posters, you know, so m maybe it drives some people nuts, but you know, we like to make sure we get our message out there, Facebook, Instagram, and, um, Twitter as well, LinkedIn, any one of those uh, places. You know, I reached out to you on LinkedIn, so you can find us there. Thanks so much to Alex for sharing his wisdom today. Let's hit the takeaways. Time for the pinpoints. Keep moving forward and spread that money around. Grit and determination will take you farther than you think. 
Alex never gave up, even when it was tough. He used debt when he needed, but paid it back quickly. He now uses a mix of cash and credit cards to put his money to work for him. I used to sit down and sign like 30 checks every day. That was like my job. It's like time to sign checks, you know? So I'd sit down and sign all these checks and that's gone down because now we're paying a lot of these vendors, you know, via credit card. And then, you know, that obviously is something that, you know, we try to get points and benefits and stuff from that, you know, and it's automated and it makes it faster. And then, you know, I like to have in the operating account several months worth of expenses then and then i've also got an account where i save money for cases that require a lot of litigation expenses become a champion for your clients put their needs ahead of profits when you make service your mission success will follow be the firm that goes to bat for clients even when others won't alex doesn't let the size of the case determine the level of service a client receives when you wow each client you build a network of raving fans I understand that helping that person, even with their case that's worth three or $4,000, I understand that that person will become my best uh, advertiser, my best, you know, marketer. And they'll sing my praises because they probably had to go to three or four other pre-lit big business firms before they found us, you know, someone that was willing to go to bat for them and fight for them. Leverage Peer Trust. Client reviews are powerful, but recommendations from fellow attorneys can be game-changing. This is because trust is transitive. If a client sees another lawyer placing their trust in you, then you reap the rewards. Let potential clients hear from respected legal peers why your firm should be trusted. I'm getting videos from lawyers that have referred me cases. Really, the best lawyer is the one that is recommended to you by another lawyer. For more information about Alex, check out the show notes. While you're there, please hit that follow button so that you never miss an episode of Personal Injury Mastermind with me, Chris Stryer, founder and CEO of Rankings.io. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. See you next time. I'm out.